Hey hockey moms, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 4, brought to you by Hot Tamale. Check us out at one of our four locations, Potsdam, Augensburg, Canton, and coming soon, Messina. Burritos as big as your head, tacos, quesadillas, taco salads, all that good stuff. So come in and get your taco fix at Hot Tamale. Check us out at yourhottamale.com, like us on Facebook. All right, tonight's lineup, Rob Peters, Derek Hitu, Patrick Sullivan, and myself, Mark Morley. We have some great stuff for you tonight, so let's get started. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, Minnesota Duluth? We got Robbie Peters. Fellas, how we doing? And Derek Hitu. How we doing, boys? All right, welcome, guys. We also have the coach of the Augensburg Blue Devils tonight, Matt Morley's here with us. What's up, Matt? What's up, man? Okay, before we get started tonight... I just want to do a moment of silence for the boys in uh, Humboldt, the Humboldt Broncos uh, tragedy in Canada this week um, for that community and that program. So we'll just have a quick moment of silence for that. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I got my sticks out on the porch. Is anybody got their hockey sticks on the porch? I'm working on it. Yeah, that's uh, that's trending all over. There's uh, driving around the community, you know, in honor of those uh, those boys who passed. People are putting their hockey sticks out on their porch just to uh, support that that family, that community. So uh, how much money have they raised? They raised like I think it's up to seven million dollars in three days. Yep. Wow. It's uh, wow. the largest uh, fund source uh, in Canada, I think, in you know three days or whatever that crowds crowdfunding yeah it's, it's, been amazing it's a town like the size of can isn't it basically like six thousand people or something like that yeah Six, if you actually thousand. if you actually look to see where the accident happened all there is out in yeah. the middle of nowhere like tumbleweeds go across but the only thing there is like grain silos and um the hockey bus had the right away um a tractor trailer just fucking blew the intersection and Oh, it was yeah. gruesome. I mean, I wouldn't quite recommend looking at the site, but it was pretty gruesome. The, the tractor trailer and the bus were shredded. Yeah, so the thoughts and prayers from the Blue Line Hockey Club go out to the, the folks in Humboldt tonight. And uh, I hope they're all well out there tonight. Okay, we're going to get into a little interview with uh, Matt Morley, uh, high school guru up here in northern New York. And uh, first question for you tonight, Matt, that I have is uh, the rule changes coming up for next year. And they're gonna looking at going from 15 minute periods and two minute, or going from 15 minutes to seven minute, 17 minute periods, and then uh, bumping from a minute 30 on the penalties to two minutes. What kind of uh, changes do you think you'll have to make in your team strategies if this happens? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. We thought they might go uh, ahead with it this year. At one point, we thought they were going to go ahead with it this year, and they pushed it off till next year. But it's going to change things. It's going to it's going to affect the teams that aren't as deep. You know, everybody's going to have. I mean, everybody pretty much has two penalty kill units, and they'll put them out there. But a lot of the teams will try and milk the whole power play out of their best their best unit, or maybe if their second unit goes out there, they're only out there for maybe you know 15, 20, 30 seconds. Whereas if it's a two minute penalty, you know, you're going to have to have two quality groups or at least the second group's going to have to be you know functional so you're not wasting the power play you know 
Um, and the second part of it's going to be uh, conditioning. You know, it's going to be, you know, five, it's five minute overtimes in high school hockey. Um, so it's basically you're adding six minutes. So it's like every game you play in overtime. I mean, it'll be an adjustment period and the kids will adjust to it and they'll get used to it. But it's definitely going to affect, affect people's coaching strategy. You know, I think they're going to have to, uh, I think they're going to have to use the third line more often. You know what I mean? get the third line in, it's going to be maybe a couple more shifts a period, get that third group out, you know what I mean? And if teams aren't deep enough to do that, then, uh, you know, by the third period, their team's going to be worn out. team that you lost to this year in the playoffs, they pretty much ran two lines and they ran their first line like nonstop. So teams like that might not be able to uh, win as many games is what you're saying pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think the kids are going to have the gas to do it. I mean, if you if you condition them and you play it that we play that way all year long, I mean, maybe you can get used to it. But I mean, uh, you're going to have a tough time if you're playing another team that's playing two lines and you want to slow the game down. That's fine. But if one team's rolling three lines and the other team's rolling two, you know, eventually you're going to wear them down. We'll get you in here, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say it seems like a lot of teams are going to struggle with that because I, I just don't think or, or, you know, see. Again, I have a limited knowledge, but uh, I just don't see a lot of the teams having that kind of uh, depth, you know. Thinking about Canton, we're lucky to have three solid lines, but the smaller teams around this area, there's no way they have three lines, right? Or am I way off now? No, I mean, most – I mean, most teams – you know, have a third line, you know, or it might, it might change coaches philosophy where instead of them loading up, you know, loading up their guns on one line, you know, maybe they got to sprinkle that talent through three lines. So instead of loading up your, you know, your best six guys and playing two lines, or if you don't have six, you know what I mean? Spreading it out, putting two kids on each line, trying to equal it out, depending on what the other teams are doing, you know, uh, you might not be able to load one line up and, you might have to spread it out, and but it's going to be a learning curve for everybody. I know that uh, one of the kids that played for me this year just got back from U16 Nationals in New Jersey. They actually, the St. Lawrence Thunder out of Messina, they won the U16 Nationals just yes, yesterday. They won four to two, and they played 17 minutes in that, 17-minute uh, periods. Um, and those kids are all high school-age kids. They're either, they're either playing high school or they're playing prep school or they're playing juniors, and then they're playing – you know, this is a, a 16U midget team or whatever. But um, I talked to Isaac a little bit about it, and it's a little bit different. But they're an all-star team, so, the, you know, they have three lines. They're they're loaded right up, you know what I mean? That makes a difference. Yeah. What do you do, Matt, your coaching philosophy? Yeah. If I if I was a coach, it might be old school, but I just think having, you know, the typical grinder with someone that can pass and then a goal score on a line like kind of divide it up that way so if i have three goal scorers i'm gonna put them on three different lines is that is that still working today or is with the clutch and grab gone um, yeah I mean, it's not it's not a very physical game anymore i mean there's it, it's more of a finesse game uh you know high, high school hockey you know it's it's not very physical anymore um but i mean if you have that luxury where you know you have enough good players that that's kind of what we tried to do this year we had a try and split up your centers, you know, try and get each line, you know, that grinder kid, that kid that's going to get the puck out of the corner, the kid that's exactly. going to forecheck, the kid that's going to back check, you know, if you have that luxury. But, it, I mean, it's your makeup. It depends on year to year what you got, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's basically 
you know, you got to figure it out on a year by year basis because you're not, it's not like just like you're restacking and you're reloading with the best players every year. You know what I mean? You got a different group and you kind of got to, kind of got to feel it out. But, you know, that's the, uh, if you can do that, that's a good way to do it. You know what I mean? As long as you're getting some production out of each group. Maddie, sure. what would you say? What would you say the uh, the biggest difference is from the, the high school game from when you know, say you and all of us guys played to what it is now? Anything in particular that jumps out at you, or um, there's nothing really that jumps out. The kid, it, it's it's the kids in general. You know what I mean? It's not. I don't know if it's uh, it's a little bit more watered down than it used to be. I would say, but I think the population in each one of these towns that has high school hockey has it's shrunk. So there's sure. not as many kids playing. It's the pool of people, you know, that you're grabbing from isn't as big. But, you know, the uh, it's it's just the kids in general. You know, they, they're growing up in a different age. They're growing up in a, a social media technology age where, like, they're, they're different. You know what I mean? They're, they're different to coach because you got to approach it a little bit differently, you know. Um, so, that's, so. Been a, that, that's been a, a, a learning curve. You Some can't of the kids throw. Little, what's that? You can't throw a water bottle at someone or kick a trash can at them. <laughs> oh, that might happen from time to time, but you know it's. Uh, oh, it's hard. It's different. You know what I mean? It, it, well, I, 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 probably, Maddie. Don't you think maybe like you know a lot of back in the days when we were playing, we obviously didn't have the social media and stuff. So, you know, like our sole focus was sports. You know, so these guys have so much outside uh, distractions going on. I guess you know that's that's probably kind of what you're getting at. Well, they 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 know they know things before they happen. You know what I mean? And like be, talk before about like minor hockey, like some of these kids that they're playing against at the high school level, they play on teams together. You know what I mean? In spring hockey or on uh, all-star select teams. So they know each other, you know what I mean? So they're going into a right. game and they're playing another school. But in some cases, some of those kids they are playing against their teammates with whether in that given year or a different year. And if, if something happens, they know about it. I can sure. if I want if I want to know who won a game, all I gotta do is get on the bus at the end of the game and say, "Hey, who won this game?" You know what I mean? And they're on their phone, and two seconds later, they're like, "Oh, Messina beat Canton five four. This person scored. That person scored. This person got kicked out." I mean, you want to know something? They they got the information for you in ten seconds. So, with these guys being buddies, do you have problems trying to uh, get that fire under their ass? You know, like if uh, they're lining up against one of their good buddies and. You know, used to be when we played, you hated the other team. You hated Potsdam. You hated Messina. You didn't really care for anybody on their team. So you run into problems where you have to say, hey, what the fuck? He's not your friend. You know what I mean? Lay him out. Yeah, you uh, you can see that sometimes. You know what I mean? It, it's all right. At the end of the game, you guys want to go chit-chat or whatever. But, like, for the time being, you know what I mean? We're trying to win a game. So, you know, put this team first. And you kind of see that sometimes. You know what I mean? Some kids it doesn't affect at all. Uh, some kids I think you can see it mentally affects them. Yeah, I just uh, I see a lot of the uh, teams now have eighth graders, ninth graders, you know, a lot of younger players making the roster um, opposed to when we were playing, at least in, in Canton where we played. You know, you might have one eighth grader, you know, handful of ninth graders, but you know that was. It was tough to make the teams, you know. We had enough sophomores, juniors, and seniors that, you know, I just feel like that. There's, I see a lot of younger guys on the bench um, when I come to watch some of the games, and has that changed quite a bit? Yeah, that's that's all throughout everything. Um, that's uh, 
that's that's just the way it is. I mean, each town has less people. There's less kids playing hockey, so to, to field your team, you got to go there. I know Messina. Messina rarely ever 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 had an underclassman on their team, and then you know over the last couple of years, maybe they've had a couple you know younger kids, you know tenth grade kid, very rarely a ninth grade t- kid, um, and they're one of the biggest towns still up here. But you if you go look at their roster, they got younger kids on their team too. Um, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't happen. You'd have predominantly seniors, juniors, maybe a handful of eighth, ninth, and 10th graders all put together. You know what I mean? And usually those kids, those younger kids, they were on the team, but they wouldn't see the ice. You know, now these kids, uh, now these younger kids, you know, you're going to have eighth and ninth graders playing a regular shift. You know what I mean? 10th graders playing a regular shift. Yeah. I've noticed that it's, it's a lot different. Let me get Pat back in here. I, I, I just think we should touch on a pretty touchy topic that uh, is going on in high school hockey now is these uh, select teams. Some family members, you know, don't like um, these select teams coming into town, taking kids away from their, you know, Camp Peewee Association, Messina Peewee Association. Um, I can go both ways. Um, oh, I can yeah. see, you know, be, being a – Being a – yeah, that <laughs> – uh, be just being an athlete, competitive. You know, if I if I get my son into hockey, you know, and I'm gonna commit and spend a thousand dollars on um, equipment, I kind of want to get something out of it. And you know, um, even to hotels, gas money, everything. Kind of wanna, you know, maybe get a, a a school scholarship, even if it's to JUCO or you know D three. You know, so some of these some of these parents are just putting their kids into hockey just because they want them to do something like swimming lessons. And uh, that kind of it's like oil and vinegar, you know, or oil and water. It doesn't mix. And that's a big topic now. I mean, you, you can go to a rink in the wintertime and almost find two parents somewhere debating this. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think Matt said this, which was, you know, things have changed, right? We didn't have those options 10, 20 years ago, whereas that's the way it is now. It's just, that's all these kids know. There, there's all these, you know, they have their normal teams, but it seems like they're, they're jumping to these selects to try. Yeah, but it's either, do you, do you think it's a good idea or you think just, Stay in the Camp Minor Association and don't mix for the, let's say, the Thunder. I just think the short answer is I don't know yet. Um, All I have is my experience to go off of, and I don't know if that was right or wrong to begin with. Just it's all I know. Um, I can see both sides of this as well. I think it's part of my frustration. I I said this last time, my kid didn't like it, Um, and he took a year off. Now, I think we just got out of the – you know, we just got out of that. He wants to go back in and play, but you know, he doesn't, he's not going to have that choice. He's, he's jumping into this new, new era. I don't even know what to call it. It's just new to me. I don't know. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying that some parents are like you that let them go in and out. But some parents like me would be like, no, you're fucking playing. And <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah, seven. get a goal or he's I'm going to beat your ass. He can still beat his ass. Well, if it's 10, 11, and 12, that's a different story. Yeah, I'd feel at that point I'd want to be getting something out of it. But, you know, I'm talking about a seven-year-old. A lot of it is – a lot of money is infiltrated, even, you know, minor hockey levels. I mean, this is what it boils down to, money. So. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Canton specifically right there. 
they got rid of the house league and that that dropped off a whole slew of kids that were you know they wanted to try it that's the place where they should be trying it and for the kids that are serious they can commit to those travel squads go ahead touch on that this has been going on for for years like i would say i say 10 this is this isn't anything new it's been going on 10 12 you know 15 years but some of it goes to the people you know what i mean with the amount of people playing so some of the organizations where they're having trouble maybe fielding a team they you know they have tryouts and okay these 12 kids are going to be on this team and then you know okay these kids that are left are going to be on this team and then some parents aren't happy with that so they say well you know we didn't make this team we don't think our kids going to get enough of being on the lesser team so they they go and they look somewhere else or it could be a case of one year you're you're with kids, you know, maybe you're a good or a good player, but you're younger. So you're a squirt or a peewee, you're a first year kid, but you're good enough to play with the second year kids. You know what I mean? Well, then that next year when you're a second year kid, all the kids below you, they're not as good and the team's not as good. So the parent, you have a few parents that say, you know what, I want to look for something else. Well, there is something else. And what happens is it, it doesn't, you can have a whole group of people that say, you know, we want to stay committed and we want to stay with our local organization, but it only takes a couple people. You know what I mean? And, and that's what's been happening. It's not, you know, it's not a majority thing. It's, it's, it's really like the, the best, the best two or three kids say, okay, you know, we have the opportunity to go try out for this team. Yeah. So maybe you get the best two or three kids from five different places and they make up a team. And then the other organizations, depending on how many kids they have in their organization, you know, they say, okay, this is what we're left with and we're not as good. And then you had a, a couple other parents that say, well, I don't want my kid playing here. So right. it, it's, it's, it's gone back and forth. You know, they have tryouts. Like I read, I was reading the paper, like they're having tryouts for next year's hockey season. They're happening right now. So some of these select teams, the kids are trying out for them right now. And if they're, if they make it, okay, good. They make it. And then the kids that don't make it, then they're trying to find a place to play. Are they going to go back and play for their homework? home organization or are they going to go try and find another team to play you know unless unless something changes it's it's a domino effect it's never going to stop yeah i think uh you know part of the problem is that you know minor hockey has always been like this and everybody thinks their kids going to the nhl and everybody's going to be the best hockey player you know the next gretzky right so they're saying, oh, I want to get my kid on this team. And, you know, the parents are crazy in minor hockey. You know, it's it's, it's not like any other sport. It's not, it's not like, uh, you know, lacrosse or soccer. I mean, some towns, maybe soccer, but minor hockey, there's they're known for having fights in the stands and all that kind of shit. You know, so these parents just think that they have to get their kid on this team, you know, because they're going to go play Division One or they're going to, you know, be a next star. But on the other side, as a parent, if you don't do that for them and you don't get that kid to that select team, are you holding them back? You know, are they not playing with, uh, you know, higher caliber players, developing better skills? You know, so if I could see it, one of my kids was one of the better players on this home team. You know, am I holding them back by keeping them there? Because if he goes and plays for the select team, he's going to go play against, um, you know, higher caliber teams. So we progress you know, faster as a player, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you only learn bad habits playing with um, kids that are less skilled than you, I think, personally. You tend to be more lax on the ice. Up the game, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's two there's two sides to the story. You know what I mean? Like, 
if you're a real good player on a weak team, then they're going to ask you to do more. You know what I mean? If you're a if you're an above av- average player on a team where you know kids are better than you, then your role's probably different. You know, so it, it can work one of two ways. I mean, I think when the kids are y- younger, like you know, the kids are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, it it, it probably doesn't matter. That's where I'm at, Matt. Not at that age. There, there's no need for them to be that competitive. At you know six, seven, eight, nine, they, they need to be on the ice. They need to play games and stuff. Yeah, but. I mean, give them a chance to get comfortable and then start throwing them at more and more competition, more and more games. I mean, that's just my opinion as one person. But from what I can see, no, the other parents. There's a different are, philosophy. Like Pat Pat said it, you know, I talk to people. I talk to people all winter long and have this same debate about the same thing. What should I be doing for my kid? Well, I. I, I can't give you the best answer. It's I don't know what the you, best right? answer is. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, really it comes down to your your personal opinion and what, what do you think is best for your kid? Because the, the same thing holds true. If you push your kid too much and you say, okay, he likes hockey, so we're going to do hockey, and then we're going to play spring hockey, and then we're going to do this. Well, you know, by the kid, time the kid's 12 years old, he's been playing hockey year-round for three years. Yep. Some kids are just going to get burnt out. The other side of that too, Maddie, don't you think is uh, you get kids playing one sport year round, it kind of takes away from the, you know, rounding out as a better athlete from playing other sports too. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And it takes away like, it, it takes away some of the, uh, you know, the creativeness. Some like lacrosse molds with hockey. You get If you can see the field in lacrosse, you're going to be able to see, you know, see what's going on in the rink. And like some of it goes hand in hand. Yeah, I also think that, uh, you know, by playing, stepping away and playing another sport, you're also, you know, you're, you're getting all this other experience and you're, you're learning how to play in another environment. But you're also, you know, by the time it comes back around for hockey season, you're hungry and you're driven again. You know, you get that little, you know, that little break away. And then when you get back onto the ice, it's, you know, it's good to get away for a little bit, I think. And then get yourself back on. I mean, it's not like, you know, for the first few years, when you step away from the ice, the first couple skates, it's rough. But when you're 12, 13, 15, you step away for, you know, two, three months and come back on the ice, you're not missing a step. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good thing for them to step away, play another sport and then come back and really be, you know, primed and ready to go. There's been studies on this, uh, topic and they've had um, some of the pro coaches have talked about it and the ones that I've read most of them said that, that they thought play three sports three sport athletes you know you you develop eye hand coordination in different ways from different sports and different agilities in different sports you know and it all meshes together um, in the sport you want to um, you know focus on so we were watching yeah, the, I, wonder- I saw a video of Jordan and you know they're, they're getting ready there's you know pre-game they're kicking a soccer ball. They're juggling. You know, it's all hand-eye, passing, kicking it, trying to keep it up in the air. When when I was in school, we had lacrosse sticks, and we'd pass around with a, a tennis ball. You know, it was just something different to you know, get you warmed up and moving. But Man, I want to touch on uh, something real quick that you mentioned um, about parents. Is at the high school level, do you find that you have parents come to you saying, you know, why isn't Joey fucking 
starting or why isn't Johnny getting more time? You know, you can't just say, you know, he fucking sucks, but I'm sure you have kids on your team that don't deserve to get the playing time that, you know, the parents want, you know, how do you approach that with a, with a parent? I guess it's best done. It's best done, you know, setting ground rules early before the season starts. You know what I mean? Basically telling the kid, you know, basically uh, John, who I coach with, we basically try and tell the kids every year at the beginning of the year, you know, we have an open door. If you have an issue or something's bothering you, come and let us know. Uh, we'll discuss it. I don't mind. I mean, if we had to, we would sit down with parents, but we'd rather sit down with the kid first and see what their thoughts are, see what their feelings are. You know what I mean? Be able to give them some some uh, some feedback to as, you know, what they can work on to get some more playing time before, you know, we go ahead and, and deal with a, a parent who's maybe upset about playing time. But I mean, it's always an issue. It's an always it's an issue with any with any sport. You know what I mean? It's it, it's a it's a difficult situation to handle. You know, there's always somebody's always going to be slighted. That's for sure. Hey, Pat, why don't we bring it back up to you? Um, we'll get another question or two in and then we'll go into, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we usually do at the end of our interviews with some quick questions from everybody and get back back in here for one more question. Then we'll. We'll start wrapping it up. I guess it's it's just good not to get your perspective because you're a coach. You know, I never really coached anything. Maybe bear paws. So uh, just hearing you, just hearing you, uh, you know, share your insides on being able to uh, coach and actually being a coach, head coach for the cross and hockey. I guess my last question was, I think we touched on it a little bit. Are the penalties now just kind of like the NHL, um, you know, the goalie interference? I know the G, they had a big GM meeting about that. Is there goalie interference in high school at all? You don't see it called very often. Uh, you know, very, very seldom you're going to see a goal called back because of goalie interference. I mean, there's no replay or anything to look at. I mean, if the, if the ref sees it right there on the spot, he's going to call it, you know, as far as that goes. But there's been a big push uh, – the last few years about uh, contact to the head. So basically any contact to the head, you know, even, I mean, even if it's slight, you're going to the box. If it's vicious, you know, you're getting a major, you're getting tossed. I mean, that's been the biggest thing with concussions. Everybody, you know. So basically none the, of us can play in, in this day and age. <laughs> I was say all of us would have spent a lot of time in the box. No, it's – no, it's big on big on head contact. Any contact to the head, you know. What I mean, they're trying to prevent concussions. But like I said, the game's not as physical as it once was either. You know what I mean? Yeah. And part of that's the way they call the game. I mean, a few years prior to that, I mean, they really went after you know um, hitting from behind. You know what I mean? And that was we're talking like maybe seven, eight years ago now, where they put a big emphasis on that. And you don't see it as much anymore. I mean, the kids change. Yeah. You know, the the kids don't want to get yelled at. The coaches have been on them, you know, I mean, you still see it, but you don't see it as often, you know, they go in, they go in more under control, you know, pin the guy against the boards versus going in out of control and, you know, taking the penalty. So it, it's just like anything, the kids, the kids, the coaches adapt to it, you know, teach the kids a little bit differently and the kids adapt to it. Hey, uh, Robert, he too, you want to jump in here? One more last question before we get into our one-liners. Maddie, uh, what do you see as far as, you know, like the, the league that, you know, Canton Augensburg everybody plays in, do you see, is it the same, you know, Canton, I know has kind of fallen off a little bit, but is it, 
is, you know, you see Messina still is kind of dominant, obviously. What other teams kind of have, have picked up since the days that we played that might surprise us a little bit? Well, it, it uh, it's cyclical, you know what I mean? Like, Division Two, uh, St. Lawrence Central has been very good for uh, a lot of years in a row now, and some people think that that goes back to the other question that you guys are dealing with where, you know, they've been trying to keep all their kids within their own organization and have their kids play together all the way up through, but they've been successful. I mean, Salmon River's always got a good team every year, um, you know, and Messina has been a little bit more dominant the last few years, but if you take any one of the teams in our section, I mean, there's a ton of parity this year. You know, we all play hard non-league schedules. We're all playing teams from all over the state. Um, we're all playing rank, ranked teams and, uh, you know, pretty much every single team up here for the most part uh, is holding their own against the other top ranked teams in the state. I mean, nobody's really getting blown out. We might lose games. We might win games, but you know what I mean? Everybody holds their own against the, the upper echelon of New York state. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's, it's still pretty, still pretty competitive. All right. So uh, we'll go into some one-liners here, some quick questions for you before we get wrapped up. Who wants to go first, guys? I'll go first. Hot dog stand or taco truck? Going for the taco truck. Yeah, Fuck it, go to hot tamale. <laughs> there is a taco truck in Canton now? There is a taco there truck is. in Canton now. Oh, shit. I tried to slash his tires, but got away from me. Competition. Be careful. He's a vet, Mark. Uh, if we were to look into your search history on your computer, what's your top three searches? Lately, it's been golf because it's so miserable up here. Golf uh, Probably, there's probably that new tailor-made driver I was looking at. You're gonna uh, be golfing here soon in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I hope so, baby. We got he too. Maddie, what's your handicap nowadays? Since I haven't played in five months, I don't know. <laughs> no, I've been nine. I think my handicap's nine or ten. That boy. Same as mine. That's pretty good. Yeah, same as yours. Yeah. First two yeah. holes. On, so. on nine or 18? You're talking. No, we're talking <laughs> three holes. Oh, okay. Pull a Sergio. <laughs> I could have beat him on that hole. <laughs> Maybe. 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 13 on it? I would have used my I would use my fairway driver to get it to the green, but I would have skipped up there off the water. Yeah. Okay. All right, I got a few for you. One liners, all right? Just answer uh one or the other. When you have a lardy upper or lower. Lower. Bud light microbrew. Bud light. iPhone droid. iPhone. Speedo shorts. Shorts. You don't want to see this thing in a, in a speedo. <laughs> no, we don't. How about uh, <laughs> Rangers or Leafs? Leafs. Taylor made Titleist. Titleist. Tits or ass? Ass. Both. Blue Line Hockey <laughs> Club or Spitting Chicklets? <laughs> Blue Line Hockey Club. Atta boy. Hey, Matty. Thank Thanks, Matty. Thanks for All coming right, in. Thanks, Matty. Have uh -huh. a good night. Hopefully, you can I'm still have here. time to make some whoopee. Yeah, See you, buddy. Right. Thank <laughs> you, hey, bud. Thanks, man. All right, okay, guys. Go ahead, Pat. I was just saying, we're getting ready to uh, some playoff hockey. Who's excited about that? Can't wait. Yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow starting night. it up. It'll be a long day waiting. 
Long yeah, so, anticipation. Yeah, everybody's excited. I know here for uh, for the playoffs to start. It's the best time of year for me. You know, we can get into a little bit of the matchups now that they're all set for the East and the West. We start with the uh, we start with the West guys. Get sure. it going. So um, we'll get with Pat. Give us a little rundown on what you've got, what you see out West, who you like, what your uh, matchups look like. Well, I mean, you got Nashville playing Colorado. I mean, Nashville's beat them four times this year. Um, I think Nashville's obviously going to go away. There's not too many people that are going to going to bet against uh, that series. That's pretty easy. Um, Minnesota, Win- Winnipeg. That I mean, I guess the rest of the uh, um, the games are pretty are going to be pretty uh, pretty close. I mean, Winnipeg's beat Minnesota three times this year. Their series was three to one. Vegas and LA is 2-2. LA and Vegas is going to be a goalie. Whatever goalie shows up, I mean, that game, that series is probably going to go to game seven. You know, you got Marc-Andre Fleury and Jonathan Quick, so that's pretty big. Then you got San Jose and Anaheim. I mean, who knows about that one? I think everything in the West is going to be pretty close. It's going to be exciting playoffs, both um, East and uh, West. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I agree with you, Patty. Don't you think? I mean, you look at the whole whole playoff picture, East and West. I don't. I don't think I'd be surprised to see any one team be in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of parity in all the teams that are there. I mean, it's. I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody. It's wide open. Yeah, yeah I talked to Pat about it too. Um, you know, some of the first round games you're seeing two good teams playing against each other. You know, we might have. Uh, some really good teams knocked out in the first round, you know, in the East coast, you got the Leafs and the, and the Bruins, uh, the Bruins blew it the last game of the season. Um, they would have won. They would, the Panthers ended up beating them uh, by a few goals. They would have had the devils, you know, and the devils were obviously the, the last team to get in on that wild card. So, you know, that Bruins Leafs series is going to be a, a good one to watch, but we're going to see a good team lose in the first round there for sure. You know, and then you got the battle of, uh, Pennsylvania, I mean, that's going to be a, a shootout, too. You know, the Penguins and the, and the Flyers going at it in the first round. You have uh, Claude Giroux had seven points in the last three games for the Flyers. He's scored in a, or he's had a point in the last 11 games straight. You know, he's on fire right now. But, you have, you know, you're on the other side of it, you have Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby. You know, they all finished in the, I think, top 12 in points in the, in the league. So, you know, that's going to be a shootout. You know, obviously the Flyers have a, a couple other guys like Simmons and some other guys that are going to put the puck in the back of that too. So I think that's going to be a, a really good series to watch. I'm going to be focusing on that quite a bit. Um, depends, you know. depends, Marley, on the better team in that. But what the Flyers will try to do is get them into a scrappy kind of uh, series for sure. You know, it's the Pens are loaded with talent. They're the more uh, finesse, skilled team. And the the only chance I think, anyways, that the Flyers will have is if they get them to play a scrappy game and force the the Pens to kind of uh, not, you know, to lose their uh, composure a little bit. And uh, the, if it goes the other way, and you know, the Pens uh, end up on the power play a whole bunch, I don't I don't think the Flyers stand a chance. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's beat um beat the Flyers four times this year. Um, there's I. Um, this game's going to go to uh, four games, Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be easy. I mean, it's a battle of Pennsylvania. It's going to be awesome. Um, I think you're right, Pat. I think you're right. I mean, and, and unless, like I say, unless 
Philly can get them completely off their rocker and play in some kind of game that they're not normally typically playing. Yeah, and I think the superstars on each team, you know, who comes to play? Is uh, Sid the kid going to be sticking goals and, you know, Claude going to be doing his thing? Um, but I think the big thing for this series is goaltending, like Pat mentioned before. Um, you know, I don't know if the Flyers are very confident where they're at in the goaltending right now, you know. So I, I know that Murray's excellent, and uh, I think he's the better of the two goalies. I mean, I think that's going to be a big factor and in all the games, you know, whose goalie's hot in the playoffs. You know, if you got a hot goalie in the playoffs, man, it's hard to win. Now, that'd be a big factor. It does make a big, big difference when your goalie is hot versus, you know, you never know when the next shot's going to go in the back of the net. That's the one thing that, like Mark said, separates the playoffs. I mean, this is a battle every other night you're playing. These guys are going hard every night, going hard, a lot of physical play. That's the one thing. Flyers might be able to squeeze, win a game. Pittsburgh's pretty weak on defense. So if, if they can uh, – if they can kind of get a little scrappy, like he too said, maybe get under Crosby's skin and just, you know, put pucks to the net and try to slip one past Murray, maybe on a deflection or something, then they might be able to pull a game or two, but there's flyers don't have a chance. They just, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I just don't, I, I think that the possibility is there and I understand that, you know, you're trying to see a path for Philadelphia. For me personally, I just think uh, Pittsburgh has the ability to play physical as well. I mean, Mark said Sid's a chippy little shit too. And, you know, you they have three solid lines that are, you know, rough and tough too. I, I just don't see it. I I, I am in the four, four nothing camp as well, Pittsburgh. And they also picked up Marazic in the trade deadline, you know, that shows you how confident they were in their goaltending. So, but I do like Tampa Bay. I mean, I think they're going to, handle the Devils pretty well. I mean, Halsey has been playing great all year for the Devils, but I think there's too much firepower for Robbie. Yeah, just too much offense for Corey Snyder, the Devils goalie. He's going he's to face a lot of shots. Tampa would be pretty upset if they lost to New Jersey in this series. I mean, they, that would be a pretty big upset if they lost. Well, well listen, they got to play the – New Jersey's got to play Tampa seven games and get four out of there. There's no way they're going to squeeze. No. They might. Uh, the Devils is kind of in the same scenario or same same tent as uh, Philly. If they squeeze the game out, they should be happy, I guess. I mean, if you look at the number ones that are playing the wild cards, Nashville, I think they have an easy chance out. I mean, maybe it's 4 nothing. Maybe it's 5-1. Maybe. Vegas is the only one I don't truly know because I I didn't I haven't seen him play all year um, I, and I don't I, I'm gonna go back real quick real quick Robbie I want to go back to that the Tampa uh, New Jersey series I, I I'm actually gonna disagree with all you guys I think that uh, I think New Jersey might be the, one of the most dangerous teams in all the playoffs and I don't think Tampa Bay defends that well I think they're kind of weak on defense or Tampa Bay or you can call them New York Rangers South all their castoffs that are down there. Um, but I don't, I, I really, I think New Jersey's dangerous. I really do. And I, I think that, uh, I think that series is going to go completely opposite way. It might be six or seven games, but I think New Jersey wins that series. Well, that's fair. And this is where I would say it's playoff hockey, buddy. Anything goes. Who, who's, who's a hotter player than Taylor Hall? He's well, hot. Halsey. 
I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't think to not give New Jersey a chance is slighting them quite a bit because I think they're uh, they're they're a dangerous team and they're they're coming into this as hot as anybody. Well, my only point was the you know the one number one playing against a wild card has a clear upper advantage. And uh, the only series that I really just couldn't tell is that Vegas, L.A. I think the Capitals and uh, <clears throat> Columbus, I'm not, you know, I don't think that's going to be a problem for the Capitals. I mean, hopefully. Vegas, Vegas L.A. goes to the to the Marky Morley point. That's a goaltending series right there. Whoever's got the better goaltender wins that series. Yeah. Quick is good. Money-wise, though, put money on a game. I think the Capitals and Columbus is going to be the toughest one. I mean, I can put money on Tampa. I can put money on Boston. I can put money on Pittsburgh. If I had to put money on the Capitals and Columbus, man, I don't. I'd have to flip a coin, I guess. Washington, I mean, Washington's what they got a history of kind of flailing out in the playoffs. So I mean, every year. So, so they can yeah, and they're going. This. Here they are going. Here they are going in though too with kind of a goalie controversy. So if Holtby's not going to get the start, you know, they're going with the other guy. And so you got that going right down to the wire, which is, you know, that might throw a, a monkey wrench into things. But uh, until until uh, Washington proves that they can uh, do playoffs. something in the playoffs, you know, I mean. What, what playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> we do have Ovi and Oshi. Ovi and Oshi. They're going to yeah, be – Columbus has got the best defensive pairing with, uh, you know, Seth Jones and Zach Rowinski, two uh, former national team development program guys. So it's going to be good to see Ovi go head-to-head with that defensive pairing. They're definitely going to, every time Ovi's on the ice, uh, um, Seth Jones and Rowinski is definitely going to be on the ice. Columbus, they kind of snuck in there too at the end, right? I mean, they they made three three trades at the deadline that kind of put them over the – over the edge, what are they? Thirteen, two and two in their last seventeen games. So speak about teams coming in hot. That's Columbus is a hot team too. The only thing going for Washington is they don't have to play the Rangers this year. So <laughs> there you go. Rangers fired yeah, their head coach. They, this week too. Yeah, they got rid of Nash, right? He's playing for the Bruins right now. Yeah, the trade Nash McDonough's gone. They're fire sale. Yeah, I hope I'm hoping Jersey beats Tampa so the Bruins after they beat Toronto can face the Devils, so we'll see what happens. What do you guys think about Minnesota and Winnipeg? I mean, Winnipeg's pretty hot. I do like, I do like Minnesota, but I kind of want to see uh, how uh, nasty Liney's beard can get. Yeah. Playoff <laughs> beard. That's the ugliest fucking beard in the league, man. I can it get any more ugly, though. I mean, Put a mustache on that. Holy fuck. Trim it or something. Two yeah. small market teams, though. That's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, and it's I a... Mean, short travel for them too they're just across the border from each other so that should help you know both teams yeah i mean i don't really know i i I, winnipeg has the better record right i think they're the better team they beat them three three out of four times obviously i want to see minnesota you know battle them go to seven games and win but i mean we want to drink out of the cup don't we i mean we want to drink we want to take the cup to dave's don't we come on now jordan if you're listening a little extra motivation. Yeah. Do something. For us, blue line clovers. What about the uh, Hobie Baker winners there, Morley? Yeah, we got the Hobie Baker this past week. Uh, touch on the uh, national championship game yet, but Derek had it right. Um, you know, I was going with Donato the whole time, and uh, Gadette pulled it out. You know, Derek called that from Northeastern. 
I think Pat first, said he was the first one, right, from that school? First one from Northeastern to win. The way I looked at it was, you know, the, the reason why I thought that was because you got, I mean, like Donato, he's coming from a team that's stacked. You know what I mean? Then you got uh, God, he was averaging a point and a half a game. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's insane. You know, and leading you know, scorer in NCAA. But a point and a half, yeah, you're right. I mean, and a point and a half a game though is just that's crazy. And uh, I think he just, I just felt that he meant more to his team, I guess, than any other of those guys. I'm not saying I'm not trying to slight anybody else about how they meant what they meant to their team, but I think he just uh, he had a little bit of an edge just because of the team he was playing for. It wasn't quite as stacked as the others. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you had all the hype. We had all the hype of uh, Donato playing in the Olympics and scoring shit ton of goals in his first seven games in the NHL. And I think that's what we kind of took it off. But you're right. I mean, he first time Northeastern won the bean pot in 30 years because of, you know, God, that he had 30 goals, 30 assists to end the season with 60 points, top of the league in college hockey. Crazy. Um, I, I guess I just kind of overlooked them just because of what Derek just said. Well, not me, most people. Yeah. Is, is he Canadian or what's his no, name? No, he's from Tree, Massachusetts, born and raised Massachusetts, did everything, yeah. played Northeastern. So he should have been on the Olympic team too. You know, those NCAAers did really well. Yeah. Well, Patrick, you got, a good, you got a good excuse to be focusing in on BU anyway. So, so Pat, let's talk Hello, a little man. bit about the uh, – about the uh, national championship game, most of us were rooting for uh, for Notre Dame. That didn't happen. Yeah, 11th seed, barely got into the fucking tournament, wins the whole thing. Last time they won was in 2011. Same rank. Same rank. Excel Center, Minnesota Wild. And they're, in, they're from Minnesota, obviously. And they have 15 Minnesotians on the team. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, you know. That they did that. Um, good game. I was hoping Notre Dame would win. They don't have one in their program yet, so uh, I always like to go for the underdogs. But um, they had uh, they lost ten seniors last year. Um, what is it? Five of their six defensemen or freshmen. So that's that's pretty good coaching, I guess you could say. So it was great. Pretty good game. Notre Dame was pace. number two. They weren't the underdog. No, the Bulldogs were. Oh, Bulldogs were 11th. Yeah, they, they just squeezed in. Yeah, yeah. Um, both their goals were uh, turnovers. The guys would be able to back check when Notre Dame was kind of on the offensive, getting out of their zone, turned it over, and they scored. So uh, nothing pretty, but um, they got the Natty championship. Yeah, Minnesota produces a lot of good hockey players too. So, you know, for them to be able to recruit 15 guys from their home state, I mean, that's, that says a lot about Minnesota hockey. Minnesota hockey has been good for, for forever. I mean, I don't know. You just, you live in Minnesota, you play hockey or, you know. It's cold nine months out of the year. Yeah. So it's hockey and beating off. That's it. Yep. <laughs> beer, beer and hockey. And some people. Beer and hockey. Where else is it like that? Yeah. yeah it's kind of like upstate New York. So, you know, so that's good for their program. Um, good for Minnesota Duluth to come in, get a win. Um, you know, I was pulling for Notre Dame just like he too. And, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Fucking lost. It was a good game. I, uh, I wore my Minnesota Duluth hockey shirt after they won. So you got hanging up over there. <laughs> so we also had uh, some awards come out this week. You know, uh, McKinnon ended up getting the uh, points total and 
Ovi had 49 goals and, you know, he won that, that record for the year. I think that's called the uh, Richard Rocket or, Award, if I'm not mistaken, most, uh, most goals. My dog's got a Richard Rocket, or is that a Red Rocket? Red, red, red Rocket. Red Rocket. Red Rocket. <laughs> Same thing. So the Art Ross went to uh, McKinnon, you know, out in uh, in uh, Edmonton. Maurice, so Evan, what's that? Maurice Richard Trophy. Maurice Richard, yeah, I saw it. they had it called the R Rocket Richard or something Rocket like that. Rocket Richard was his was his nickname, right? Yeah. McKinnon so, plays for Colorado. Not McKinnon, uh, McDavid. I'm sorry. McDavid, I, misspoke. Yeah, yeah. I spoke on that. But we also, I don't think they did the Hart Trophy yet. There's like five guys nominated for that. Didn't come out yet, did it? No. Uh, Halsey's on there. Halsey's looking good for that. You know, McKinnon, obviously there. I, mean, I don't know who's going to get that, but I, yeah, I think Halsey's a hell of a player. Taylor Hall. Yeah, he did well. Um, I think he just had to leave Edmonton. I think that's the case for most people. He's you know, I don't know what it is, the curse of Edmonton, but I mean, if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, Edmonton, I mean, I don't even, I can't even name another player. Uh, I get, no, Johnny Gaudreau plays for Calgary, so I don't even know too many I think players. Claude Drew, I think, is up for it. He was second in points. I think he had 102 points this year, so I'm pretty sure he's up for it, too. You know, all those guys that were up at the top of points. Yeah. I think had like something 91 like or something. What was it, 108 points, 30 goals, and like 70-some assists or something like that? 70. You're talking about McDavid? No, uh, Claude Drew. Yeah, I think he finished just over 100. In his last game, he had a couple points to get over 100, 102 points. Like I said, he had. Assists, man, I mean, he put 30 points on the board. That's pretty good, too, or 30 goals, but 70. Yeah, he's hot. Assists. He's hot right now. Seven points in the last three games. So he's hitting his peak at the right time. So who do we got coming on next week, Morley? Anyone? I think we're going to get Shawnee Flanagan on the show. He's going to be coming in from uh, assistant coach at Cornell, trying to get him on the line. They had a pretty good run this year. Lost to BU. Um, yeah, Cornell's had a good program for a number of years now. He's been one of the top teams. Pretty well. Yeah, better than they have in the past. Harvard's been good. You know, they've been yeah. consistent. St. Lawrence sucks, but Clarkson's been great. Taylor, too. <laughs> They'll come around. Give old Mark Morris a little time to develop a squad. They'll, they'll be all right. Yeah. I think they got to improve their facility a little bit to kind of compete with the uh, recruitment. But uh, Morris, will, Morris, Morris, Morris will turn that around. They won't commit to updating that arena. Well, what is that? Right one of the oldest arenas in the – in the league or what's the deal with that it's a historical they're working on it right now there there's a there's an updating going on uh that's going to be taking place now really i mean it's uh, really? putting in new urinals i think they're putting in some new urinals uh getting from the hood out they're going to paint it they're going to put some paint on there keep the smell no but i think they are uh they are doing some improvements to that rink but i i do believe though morris will turn that thing around a little bit i think they need a, a pretty bad move by get, letting Greg Carvel leave. I know it was hard to compete against uh, you know, another school that could give him twice the money, but I bet Zoom he would have if they'd given him more of a budget and worked with him a little more. Zoom I think he wanted to go, Robbie. I think he was uh, that was the spot he wanted to be anyways. His wife's from there. His, His wife's from there. Yeah. I mean, she makes the decisions, I'm sure. <laughs> they all do, right? Yeah, so we get Flanagan on next week, hopefully. Have a good show with uh, Coach Flanagan. 
and uh, we'll probably get into, I'm sure there'll be some more firings this week, coaches firings in the NHL. The Rangers already ditched their coach. Thank God. We need some changes around there. You know, we're going to have the playoffs going on, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. You know, game games will be going on during the show. We'll also have the Wednesday night games to talk about, see how right we were in our predictions tonight. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty exciting time of year. Can't wait to uh, check out these games for sure. Oh, yeah, we're all excited, man. Tomorrow night, beer of 30. <laughs> yeah. hey, how, about, how, about before these, uh, how about before these playoffs start? Uh, kind of like the NCAA tournament. Why doesn't everybody make a pick for the Stanley Cup champ before we uh, can be the corrupted champ? by the wins here? For the champ, the champ? of it all. So oh, before you all started, go ahead. For all the marbles. The two, two teams or the champion? The champ. All the uh, way in. Let, all the way let's in. Wait a second. Let's wait a second on that. Let's just get Nashville. out of the, the first round and, and pick the first round. Oh, you yeah, need some help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob's got to get the oh. analytics and do it. I think Sully just said Nashville. Nashville for me. Marley. Uh, I'm taking a look at it right now. I think it's going to come out of the, the East. I think the better teams are in the East this year. I'd like to pick the Penguins just because, you know, they're firepower, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to go with uh, the Leafs. Under the Leafs. Wow. I'll go with the Leafs. Peter, do you want to research for a minute longer? Or? Leafs fan from way back, so I've converted to the Rangers in recent years, but pulling for the Leafs. You're a born-again virgin, too, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Still trying to get laid. Do what happens with time. Pete, while you, while you uh, uh, have a uh, little uh, contemplation there, I will um, – I'll see smoke rolling. With every, every bit of me, I hate to say this, but I think the Bruins might might pull this one off. I really yeah. do. Oh, man. I, I think well-rounded. I think they were going out in the in first the round. We just had that done in my head. Now you just got stroking it right now. Yeah, they got everyone back, man. They're stacked. I know Toronto's beat them three times this year, three out of the four, but uh, they had a lot of injuries. So I mean, I think the Bruins are going to be tough to knock out. I'm All right, hoping Peter, Minnesota. You, I'm hoping Minnesota, but look, I, I, my pick is the Bruins. Peter, you need a timeout. We need a timeout here. He's got I, uh, I, I'm definitely, you know, my heart is with Minnesota right now. I want to see them go as far as they possibly can. If I was to take a pick outside of that, I'm going to be at uh, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. No, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with San Jose. San Jose. Oh, boo. Pavelski, we got Joe Thornton coming back. I, I, I think that's going to be the series one. Vander Kane. He's been playing well. So, I think that wraps it up. Somebody write that shit down. Yeah. Fucking leave. Leave some all the way. Well, thanks for listening. It's recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to our fourth podcast. Tell all your friends. Share us on social media. Check us out at bluelinehockeyclub.com. And we'll see you next week. Keep your stick on the ice. See ya. Peace. Thanks for listening.